My name's Ivan, and I'm a scientist by day and a writer by night. And I'm Daniel, I'm a neuromuscular therapist, and I run my own practice. And you're listening to the weekly podcast, Journey to Wherever. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 8, Journey to Wherever. My name is Daniel. And I'm Ivan. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, you're like, you've been put way off this uh, morning. This garage band. Anyway, okay. Welcome to episode eight. Hello, everybody. We've had some technical issues for the last one hour oh, and it's kind goodness. of thrown me off. Yeah, yeah yes, yes. But I'm good. I'm good. I'll get I'll get into it. <laughs> You'll get back in there. You'll get back in there. I'll come back uh, to work. I'm just, I just see here aimlessly just like looking at you doing this stuff and I'm like, oh no. Tension, Look, when, tension when, is rising. I, I think when we... um. When we finally land it on this podcast, and yeah. it just becomes like the world's our oyster, <laughs> we're going to get an intern, is, it's and they can good. just they can just look after it for us. It's been good. Oh, yeah, the intern. Okay, <laughs> one day the intern we'll will be out there. It. Yeah, um, but it's been good the last couple of days. It's episodes. been pretty it's, smooth running. But for whatever reason, for lack of better words, you said it best. The garage band decided to take a shit uh, on you this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It just does. Anyway, <laughs> it's a it's a good Saturday morning, nonetheless. Um, we are here recording episode eight. It feels like it's gone really quick. I have to be honest. Eight episodes in, yeah, it, it it feels like it's just flown by. I, well, I, feel, of, I feel like yesterday we only launched episode one. And we celebrated our one month I, anniversary I last yeah, week. It's yeah. Pretty good. I kind of feel like it comes around quicker. Yeah, <clears throat> that's the opposite for me. Normally, when I look forward to something, it feels like it takes forever to get there. Yeah, and obviously I look forward to this, but I feel like I take it's like it's like before I know it, it's Thursday, and it's like oh, it's Friday, and then bang, like, yeah, we're, we're ready to go. It's it's I don't know. I think the more you keep busy, the more quicker time goes by definitely you know definitely and you're trying to uh, i think for me i'm squeezing in lots of more things now mm-hmm. into my day in my life um you know with the whole editing of these two it's just another aspect to it and it's just something i've always got to keep on top of and it feels like time goes quick yeah um but otherwise it's been it's been all right it's been a normal work week i feel like this week for me personally has been an inflection point okay. as far as work is concerned yeah i feel like it's kind of funny anytime something happens i in a situation or life, I see myself kind of stepping back and looking at it very analytically now. Okay. Um, and kind of saying, well, what's the process that this is now running with? What's the intricate like, where, where details? Are you going with where this is it kind of going? And I try and like map out in my mind a system or process or some sort of a diagram about how the situation is, right? I don't know. It's just the thing I'm doing. No, that's good. It's um, reflection. And I feel like whenever you start a new job, because mm-hmm. you know, I've been in this new role now for Six five months, months? Five, six it's months. It's about five-ish months, yeah. I think. And I think the when a person starts something new, whether it be work, job, um, it could be relationship, whatever it is, there's a point where you become integrated into it such that the dynamics of the situation or the dynamics of the job or the relationship somewhat rely heavily on your integration. So whatever you do plays a role in all of the outcomes, you know what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. So it becomes you kind of become integrated, and I feel like when you become integrated, it's an inflection point, and it changes the course of where you're so where you feel you're like going. Now from the six month mark, or I five feel years. like my responsibility is becoming integrated, which means more people rely on it, which means I end up getting pulled into more challenges. I think it's a difficult one when you come in as the new a new manager. Yeah, um, people know that they have to. That this is the, the new person I have to report to. Yeah, they know they have to report to you, but it's not that not that don't not that they don't trust you. It's just like this kind of like, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's not it's more a, so a, with the team. I think it, I've got that down pat. It's more just dynamics even, of even that dynamics of workplace and tasks in general. Yeah, but that at the same time, like everyone's kind of like, oh, 
how can, how do I approach approach you because yeah, yeah. you're new? I've been I'm, some people probably probably might have been there longer than you, but yeah. because you're a manager, they have to kind of like navigate yeah. their way in. And maybe from the five six month mark, it's all to me. It, it sounds it like kind it. of it just yeah, it just kind of settles. It integrates and things just start to f- you start to, to fit in and it flows, which yeah. means you get busier. Definitely. So that's been my kind of analysis of the week. What about you? Um, for de- things are definitely heating up for me now. Well, heating up somewise. It's always warmer, obviously now. But um, for work, it gets really, really crazy. People tend to start to hurt themselves a bit more because they're probably going into summer. They want that it's, summer body. It's the they same. Want, like- it's funny. It's like with my line of work, it's the same. Literally, exactly the same pattern every single year. Yeah. Like literally, I can. I'd just- even argue it's probably even the same people. Yes, to, to a certain extent. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. people just kind of like the psychology behind it. The classic one is, oh, it's the big one for me is the city to surf. So here in Sydney, the, the first or first or second Sunday of the month is yeah. the city to surf. And that's the big one. That's where everyone go, gets really excited and they're like, oh, I want to do the city to surf. I want to run it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the last three months, they've, they've been, been sitting down on their ass. Eating twisties and watching 80s movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. So, and they literally get up off the couch. Yep. Some might squeeze in a run or two and then they go flat stick and do this you know, 14K yep. run. Most come unscathed, but generally the cracks start from there. So then they'll be like, oh, I want to... I want to, um, you know, get fit as they sign up to a boot camp or yep. whatever it might be. Or some people just, you know, some people that train all year round generally ramp it up anyways, yep. that a bit more. So they want to, you know, get fitter and stuff. And and then and you sh- get a voicemail. Oh, I'm not really sure what's wrong, but I'm, I'm a bit sore. Something happened. I, can you take a look at it? <laughs> That's exactly when can you right. fit me in? <laughs> can you fit me in? And I'm I just bet like- you something like that. <laughs> It's exactly the same, yeah. And then people just start to hurt themselves and yeah. fatigue compounds physically. But you know compounds. what? It's good though that they trust someone like you to be able to rely on with that because everyone's going to have an activity or a task or something that they want to do. Yeah. Um, and no matter how much you tell them, they're going to go in and do it because that's that's what they like to do. It's true. But it's good they've got someone that they can trust that they can just call up and be like, can you take a look? Yeah, it's true. And, and it varies from person to person. Some people some people like literally are athletes or mm. they're just uh, active throughout the year and they just ramp it up that bit more. But I explain to people as well there could be just that average joe that doesn't do any exercise but he's he's a little bit extra that he might do around this time of year because it's you know it's sunny and it's nice to walk around they all they all of a sudden just start to go for that morning walk yeah or they take their dog for that for that walk in the morning yeah that's their extra exercise yeah. and just that little bit extra for that person is enough to push comp- them over that push them over there so it doesn't, doesn't necessarily be you have to start doing boot camps. It just means that some people just do just that little bit extra. Yeah. And around this time of the year, especially heading into Christmas, everyone wants everything done. So it means like, oh mate, I'm doing this jet ski thing down at the up at the Hawkesbury, and I want to get my back back my back good. I'm like, dude, you left it like late. It's like you know four or five weeks or something, or they yeah. want to get their training up. And I'm just like, oh. I remember you telling me something about like, if you service your car type thing, was it you were saying you service your car, you should service something like yeah, yourself? Yeah, the, the analogy I tend I to use. I subscribe to that idea. We're kind of looking now it's for- a grease and oil change, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I think having that something, someone to look after and maintain your physical body is just as important. Yeah, definitely. We've been looking for a new um, private health insurance that's policy always, right now that's always tough. and we're trying to make sure we can fit in Everything. some sort of physical therapy into it yeah so that we can take advantage yeah definitely um yeah i, I, I subscribe to the idea <laughs> yeah around this time of the year it, it gets it gets a bit it gets a bit hectic but um so something i wanted to talk to you about yeah. <clears throat> today this is a topic um that i've been i think i've jotted down on our google well i jotted down the google drive only a few days ago yeah. i was like i wanted to talk to, to ivan about this so i came across this t- you brought this term 
to me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, or no, a few months ago actually now, of the word multi-potentialite. Ah, uh, yep. Okay. And I was like, what's a multi-potentialite? Started looking into it. I got the title from a book. Yes, the title yeah. from a book. And you also sent me a, a link to a TED Talk from... Yes. What's the lady's from name? the author, Emily Wapnick. Em- Emily... I hope that I pronounced her last name right. W- Wapnick? 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 Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, and- Emily. Okay, yeah, and it was good. Like, it was really good. And, yeah. and for those, and I was kind of thinking, for those who don't know what what a multi-potentialite is, I'll kind of just start with, I guess I wanted to um, see how, my knowledge of how I remember seeing you develop yeah. into what into what I think is my multi-potentialite. Seeing flourish into the flower I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to know more about it. Okay. okay? And I've, I've only read a bit and... Um, and you know, listen to a few TED talks and, and whatnot about. It. I thought, you know, I know you've done a bit more research. Yeah. Well, that you're technically one. Okay. You are. Te- I, I see you as a multi potentialite. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to segue into it, but I wanted to kind of tell tell a story to to begin with. Okay. So- <laughs> Shit. Here we go. All right. <laughs> so, so it kind of paints the picture of the the the, the what would you say the flourishing flower of Ivan Salaji. The lotus flower. The lotus flower. <laughs> so I want to tell a story about when I first. I want to say maybe met you, saw you. Okay. Yeah. I was probably in uh, eighth grade. I think I know where this is going. I'm going to get embarrassed. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. This is a good story. <laughs> I, was, I think I met you the first time I met you was in eighth grade. You were probably in 10th grade at yeah. this stage. And I think it was the end of year or end of term, like talent quest. I, you know what's funny? I can read you before you even start to say. <laughs> You've known me for a long enough time. <laughs> and um, I was just like, so to paint, paint the pictures, end of, end of term, I think it might have been an end of term talent quest. And so about four or five, four or five guys um, jump up on stage. That's probably about three or four Asian guys, and then there was you. Okay, and the, 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 these the three or four Asian guys start off with like this really cool routine of like swinging around like was it like bamboo sticks or uh, kendo sticks or something? Some sort of martial art weapon. Yeah, and they're pretty good. It was really good. Everyone's like yeah. doing all this crazy stuff. And at the, at my memory doesn't. Our look- talent quest. We had to pick some sort of a show. Yeah. And our show was like a martial arts... Martial arts show. And some of, people would sing, some people would do a magic of... routine, but you guys were doing this martial arts yeah. routine. It was pretty cool, right? Everyone was like pretty engaged watching these guys, you know, flips and kicks and stuff like that. And then... They the... Put, paid the picture exactly how it was. Yeah. These three genuine kung fu looking yes, Asian guys. Yes, yeah. Your typical, and then stereotypical me, looking. this white guy with a bowl cut. <laughs> just in the middle of them. More more, more accurately, you had the uh, the Nick Carter um, Backstreet Boys haircut. <laughs> Back then. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so anyways, they were doing their thing. I still can't remember exactly what you were doing, but I still remember them. They were doing all this crazy stuff, right? And then like, you guys had music in the background from, from memory. And then the music kind of just stops and fades. Very Mortal Kombat-ish, right? Yeah. And then the three or four Asian guys just kind of like swish to the side. Like they make room for Nick Carter to, um, <laughs> Seriously. to, 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 yeah. to come in from the middle. Meanwhile, myself and a few of my mates hanging around me going like, we're just going, oh God, what's the white guy going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Look at <laughs> this nerd. Look at this be? Give us more of the Asian guys. They're doing some sick stuff. Like, was, uh, anyway, like everyone's like, oh shit, they left the crap bit to the end. No, they didn't leave the crap bit to the end because Ivan decides to pull out this massive samurai <laughs> sword, legit samurai sword. This thing's, how big was it? I think it was a Tai Chi sword. Well, oh, look. I'm going to say samurai meter, sword. It was about a meter long. It was big, right? And uh, first of all, I don't even know how you were allowed to bring that into school. <laughs> I put it in a black garbage bag and kind of, kind of slunk it through the gate. Yeah, so you brought it in, right? And I'm just like... And then you start you start doing some legit moves with this... I'm going to call it the samurai sword, okay? Swinging around. 
And then at this stage, everyone's like, whoa, white guy's for real, right? <laughs> He's no longer Nick Carter. Who is he, right? <laughs> he knows He knows some serious... <laughs> <clears throat> swinging around this, and you did a routine for a quite a while, and then the and then the kendo stick guys come in, and you kind of re- like you know wrap it up, and you do this like you know yeah thing at the end, and yeah. everyone's like yeah yeah that was sick, everyone's like wow white guy is awesome right, so naturally. I think I did my hammy in the last, the last <laughs> one too. I just didn't say anything. I had to do this kick where I you kind just, of did honestly, a back a, spinning, it, jumping type kick thing into the splits. It was a secret. And I felt my hammy because you see in the video, I can probably dig out the VHS from somewhere. And as I stand up, I kind of flick my we knee back. We should try and dig out that VHS. Like. I had to like flick my leg back to try and relax my hamstring because I think I pulled it. So you did you did a really good routine, right? It was an awesome routine. So then you fast forward like maybe six to 12 months after that is when I... Um, met your sister at school and then I realized that the girl I have a crush on uh, her brother is samurai guy I'm like oh shit <laughs> like fuck what have I done anyways we're married now so it's all good the reason why I bring this story up is because you're the samurai guy at school and then you know uh, we're not trying to tell too much of your your life story you've done a multitude of different things along yeah. the way martial arts being I think your first true passion I would say I'd say so and then, they, you know, then you obviously you finish school and then you're a scientist. So you're studying science at school. Yeah. And you do, um, you know, I guess the, not the, not the odd job, but you're doing certain qualifications whilst you're still kind of studying. I think you did pharmacy at one stage. Yeah. Um, and not a pharmacist. Not a pharmacist, but you're working pharmacy. in a pharmacy, yeah. but you had that radio pharmaceutical background. So yeah, it's like, that. you kind of, kind of blends in a sense. We had that knowledge, right? Yeah. So then, um. What was I getting with it? Yeah. So then you go from that and then you, you've had a whole different, you know, jobs from there. But at the same time, you you did the photography. Yeah. Which you did really well at. Yeah. I mind you. And then, so it was the martial arts, the photography, and there's just been, then the blogging. And then just, you've been able to showcase a multitude of different skills. Yeah. I get bored very quick. Okay. This is what I was getting with. <laughs> with so my, I like to I, do and then I think, I think you didn't send me this email. Excuse me sent me this email or a link of Emily Wapnick. Yep. And it was almost like someone from the from the gods had spoken to you yeah. and given you a sense of meaning maybe, purpose. Yeah. I'm not sure what the word is, right? Yeah. But they're like, dude, I've got this thing. Have a look at it. Let's listen to it. And I was like reading and watching this thing. And I was like, this is Ivan. Yeah. This is, you are a genuine, I think, a multi-potentialite. Yeah. Because you, you can, you're good at a lot of different skills. And then I, I thought today would be a good uh, way to kind of ask you and explain to the audience what a multi-potentialite is. Yeah. And then I was thinking of playing a little bit of devil's advocate okay. about multi-potentialiteism okay. and break down those who are more, a, a true multi-potentialite, but those who, um, uh, I guess, classify themselves as a multi-potentialite, but really they're just people that quit. And yeah, just, fair enough. And I, think I wanted to kind of un- let, let, unblur that line. Kind of looking at where this can go, it might also be value-add to talk about, if you are a multi-potentialite, how it's perceived by others as a negative. Okay, yeah. So, Because that's something you know we kind of have to battle for a little while. Yeah, so before I ask you what is multi-potentialite, my, before this even was a term, I was like, it to me, probably about maybe four or five years ago, it just seemed like someone that was just jumping from thing to thing. That's the thing. And, That's the negative. But they were, in my eyes at the time, like quitting. You yep. know, they were like, oh, it's too hard. Let's just do something else. Sure. 
And then it wasn't until like obviously knowing you personally and actually seeing that you have actually have genuine talent in all, in all these different things. I wanted to ask you, what exactly is a multi-potential okay. Ivan? So um, thanks for the intro. That's all right. <laughs> You're welcome, Nick Carter. Um, <laughs> I'll put that somewhere I saw it away. No, look, I think... Um, it was a good routine. Just, yeah. just sing out there. I'm not making fun. It was actually a good. I routine. actually look back and think it was pretty terrible, um, personally. But well, I for mean, the layman's terms, it was pretty good. That okay. samurai sort was impressive. I just look at. I just remember thinking about it and looking back at the video when I watched. It, I was like, mm, my form was not that good. I probably could have went down a little bit lower. And it, but that's just me being picky. That's you being um, potential. Like. But now that was a good fun show. Um, I think essentially there was a whole bunch of guys in that group, and they were. Um, I knew kind of some of them just through passing and just through different conversations around you know, martial arts and school and stuff, you're going to have that chat. They're like, oh, we're doing a talent show. And I'm like, cool. And I was like, kind of seeing how I could get into it. And they were like, yeah, you can join. And I ended up becoming that one white guy. Um, <laughs> the main guy, essentially. You know, but it was good because I kind of made friends. And then after that, we'd kind of say hi and bye and stuff. And I ended up going to one of their guys' houses and he was kind of teaching me some Kung Fu stuff. And I learned some routines and it was good fun. Um, but there's, there's certainly lots of different things that I enjoy doing. I get bored very quick, so I like to try lots of different things. Okay. Um, and I think for to start off with a multi potentialite, at least according to the definition Emily um, puts in a book, is someone with lots of different creative passions. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of different names for this. You could be a polymath. Okay. So they've got different definitions. There's the, 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 the term's not. It's a new term, but it's been around for a long time. Okay, so, so she's just kind of hybridized. It's kind of like a different version okay. of it, right? Or a different name of it. But essentially, it's like a polymath, a renaissance, someone with, who's got lots of different interests, right? Okay. Um, some people used to call it like the jack of all trades, right? Yeah. But the problem with the whole jack of all trades is you're a tra- jack, you're a master of trades, trades, but a master of none. That was kind of the negative yeah, connotation yeah. associated with. Kind of like a handyman, but you're not really an electrician, you're not really a plumber, you're yeah, not really a chip, you know, chippy. you're not really special. You're just a handyman, one, right? Like so Mister Fix It. Yeah. So I think that's not how I see multi potential like Well, this is how a lot of people do, and I think for someone who doesn't who may consider may may suspect that they are a multi-potentialite when they're kind of grappling with this idea especially in the early days if they're not quite self-aware and there's lots of different i guess things they're trying out and not quite getting one of them down pat um or sticking with one they tend to question themselves and like well why don't i just stick with one thing because other people are like you know you're always changing jobs or you're always changing interests why don't you just kind of stick to one thing yeah because traditionally it's not like that's you know, what we're told yeah you're told to stick to one thing do it and stop fart-assing around and yeah. not put your head you down. know i mean it goes yeah. back to the you know the does university degree still have value thing it's like yeah. we study for such a long time to get a degree in a specialized field yeah. and we're taught from when we're little it's like the question is what do you want to be when you grow up and it's kind of like when you're little, you're expected to come up with the one answer. I yeah. want to be X, Y, Z. That's like right. One thing, right? But you quickly find out when you're a multi-potentialite um, that there isn't just one thing you want to pick. There's lots of different things. And you often find yourself doing lots of different creative pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to, th- does this, sorry, does this come down to boredom? No, I think you tend, so I tend, I call it boredom quite simply, but what happens is is you often um, you know pick up a new task you're very hungry for knowledge you and this is not to kind of pick ourselves up and speak highly of ourselves or anything it's, I'm trying to come from a place of humility but because we do do lots of things we tend to pick things up pretty quick which means you go into it trying to learn something as soon as you learn it you feel like you've got what you want out of it yeah 
and you you've gotten to a point where you know you're quite good at it and you can replicate it apply it to something else in life and then you're like okay i got what i want i need to move on to the next thing now okay you can't can you, you feel like you can't necessarily continue doing it forever like the idea of doing one thing the same thing day in and day out for five six ten fifteen years is like putting an eyeball a pin in my eye like i cannot comprehend the thought okay. of doing the same thing forever okay so does it um, so when you foresee that you know that future plan like oh i could I, I could potentially see myself doing this for 5 10 15 years something but the, changes but the thought because i that, found myself in that position yeah before. but there's a thought of that like looking in 10 15 years it kind of like scares you a bit like i don't know if i can i want to do i don't want to i know i'm gonna get bored it'll fizzle out i won't have the energy to sustain it yeah i'll i'll just disengage yeah so kind of Taking a backtrack, so so multi-potentialite, someone who has lots of different creative pursuits. And what I've kind of found is that, um, I mean, you mentioned a few different things that I've tried, but you pick up a task and then um, you kind of run with that for a little bit, get what you want out of it, and you, and you move on to the next. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit here. So does it is it more, is it a commitment thing? In what way? Well, like, again, you're looking at it, attend, like I'll, I'll use an example, like at one stage you decided... Like you got a Canon camera, started yeah. playing around with it, started to learn how to use it really well. Yep. And then it, was, it seemed like it progressed really quickly, like a multi-potential, like you picked up the artistry of photography. Uh, photography. And then on a business sense, yep. it started to really boom. Yeah. Um, and I know why um, you stopped doing it, but yeah. people from the outside, not that it matters what other people think, but people from the outside what might be like, why did you just quit that? Why did you quit all of a sudden? You were doing really well. You were doing newborn shots, weddings, um, engagement shoots, um, kind of like anything a photographer would, most what most photographers, like partner shots. Um, yeah. uh, am I forgetting any other? Lots of different types. Lots of di- right? And you were doing really well. You were getting really busy. You were getting booked up in advance. And then all of a sudden, you just stopped. stopped. I know why <laughs> you stopped, but it's like one would, one would, wouldn't make sense as why, to why, why on a business level you're doing so well but then you I'm throw it in the bag why you think i stopped actually and i'll see if it matches up with I what think I, you, think. I think you were in love with the artistry of doing the photo the actual physical being there photographing these yep. um clients yeah i think you didn't you think you fell out of love with the editing aspect of it it took too much of your time yes so, That's probably an accurate representation. Is yeah. that right? Okay. So you're finding yourself that you're doing really good shots, but you had to kind of go in there one shot at a time. And, and, and everyone knows photographers might take four, five hundred, maybe even a thousand shots a session. Yeah. And you're intricately going, um, you know, photo by photo, yeah. adjusting each and every single yeah. thing. So let, to kind of paint the picture so about like, how this works, and I'll, I think if I give you the best way would be to explain it, and the people will start to resonate it with it quite easily if I explain it like this is, I'll give you a few certain different projects that I've done. Yeah. And then the start, <clears throat> middle and finish and then watch the pattern come out because it really is the same pattern. Same pattern. Yeah. This is this is what I wanted to get right. to. So, I, I know, so but I wanted you to explain thing, the pattern. Right. So I um, I got a MacBook because... Okay. I went to do a <laughs> master's degree in education. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I forgot about that bit. <laughs> right. So I... Well, after you had finished sorry, your double degree in something. And then I went into a PhD and then... <laughs> And then you stopped that. I became a PhD dropout, right? <laughs> I say PhD dropout now because it's funny, but it's it's another backtrack. I don't know how far back I can go. But anyway, I was doing a master's of education and I got a MacBook that I needed to use because I was a different computer. And when I got the MacBook, I got a free 
Canon camera with it. That's right. I remember right. that now. And this and is a, now I remember this is roughly around the time when your sister and I got engaged. Yes. Yes. Right. Because I, I think you now. had the same camera. Yes, we did. We so did. I had this Canon camera and basically opened it up, and all I knew was switch it on, press a button, and it took a photo. It had a few modes on and it. And it had the auto mode. It had all these other dials, and I was like, I don't understand what any of these other buttons are. I just know the little green rectangle. You press a button, take a photo, and it looks good. And but I was then, like, great. Then there was the trigger. Then I was like, we got mar- me and my wife, we got married. I looked at the photos and I saw how creative our photographer was and they did a really good job. The colors were nice. I just creatively appreciated the photo. Yeah. Right? I mean, every time we wanted to you, get a photo You appreciated from her, the art. I appreciated the art and I was like, oh, I want a photo. I want to get her back. I want to do photos for us again. I like how she does it all. And then I, I went out to, actually, was it your Bucks party? And one of your mates at the Bucks party... My Bucks party. party? Yeah. Oh, okay. One of your mates at the Bucks party had a Canon camera and was taking photos. And oh, like I know who this is. Yeah, adjusting yeah. The, yeah. the little dots. Yeah. And I was like, dude, what are you doing with the dots? My camera has these dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, if you change one of the red dots and you focus it on something, it'll focus on that and blur the rest. And I was like, fuck, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's is the that- aperture, right? Um. It's a fo- they call it a focal point, focal right? Point, yeah. And essentially, you can kind of oh, so focus the aperture on that, is like the and then it ties into like depth yeah. of field and yeah, how yeah. much blur you get out of that, and then it looks like bokeh, and there's all this stuff, right? Um, but essentially, he showed me how to do this red dot thing, and I was like, I remember seeing this blur on my wedding photos, yeah. And you're telling me the red dot can get me to that look, yeah. And I was like. I gotta learn this now. Yeah. So <laughs> I went trigger. back home after that weekend, and I took out my wedding shoes and I put them on the blanket on the white bed, set up a shot to resemble what happened in our wedding photos, and started playing with his little red dot on the screen. Yeah. I took a photo and I was like, "Fuck, I it looks this. the same." <laughs> I was like, "I'm gonna become a professional photographer. And you I'm gonna start a business. <laughs> I'm gonna take photos for everyone." So and, I got a and, whole bunch. And of technically, them. you did. And literally, I think it was that day I started a photography page, put some photos on it that Full I had on. practiced with. And at the start, it was nothing. I just kind of like played with it. I wasn't asking people to do photos from. It. it was more just a fun thing, right? It might not have been a day. It might have been a little while, but um, so essentially, I started taking these photos. And then I think someone might have sent me a message and said, oh, hey, can you come and take some photos for me? And I was still on this little camera, right? Yeah, yeah. I had no professional camera, no professional experience. I was like, yeah, all right, I'll come do some photos. So I did, I practiced. And like anything, the more you practice, the better you get. Then you get a better new camera and you kind of upgrade your gear and then you're taking photos. And not before long, it was like almost every weekend I was doing a shoot for someone. Pretty much. Saturday, um, Sunday, Friday, and Saturday. And I enjoyed the creative process. Everything was going really good. But like many things, I do lots of things at the same time. So I was doing night shift, the yeah. graveyard, midnight shifts yep. during this time. I ended up going and do like model shoots at a, at a location. So I'd work, for, I'd get up at like 7 p.m. at night, work all the way through the night, stay awake the whole day doing a model shoot for 12 hours, come home Friday night, have a Friday night dinner and go to bed Saturday morning. I was awake for like 30-something hours straight. Yeah, it's crazy. It burnt me out. Yeah. Right? And that might have contributed to how, like me disengaging from the editing process, which is what you were talking about before. Yeah. But nonetheless, if it wasn't that trigger, it would have been something else. Yeah. I did it for about two years. I got what I want out of it. I got kind of got creative. I can now use a camera. I can now take photos. I can now edit. I know how to use Lightroom. I know how to use Photoshop. I know yeah. all the different techniques in photography. Yeah. I got what I want out of it. I'm like, do I really want to keep doing shoots now? Okay. No, I don't. Because that's not what I want to do forever. I can't do that forever. So I stopped. So would a multi-potentialite gravitate to something? And that was a two-year 
thing. Project. Project, Of yeah. photography that I've managed to get clients, do shoots, edit, learn, package it all up as a project. I felt like I mastered that thing. Almost yeah. like you do a two-year master's degree. Like a, like a and base. And then you park yeah. it and you move on to something. So That's multi- how I package that So would multi-potentialite, would you... I'm sure you've probably been in contact with others. Would most multi-potentialites, it kind of seems like they would grab something, like using photography as, as yeah. an example, get what they can of it, chew as much as they can out, obtain the core, spit the rest out. We take what we think is useful. And then that's it. And you move on. And you move on. Okay. Right. So this almost seems like a journey as such. Yeah, you do. But you don't ever just disregard it and move on. The, the, the beautiful always, thing always, about it. You always have the innate you skill. You take the skills that you develop and you put it in your toolbox. Okay. And then what happens is you, some, someone might be like, oh, what's web design? Yeah. And then they're like, start coding, right? Yeah, yeah. So then they learn about coding and this and that. And then it's like... Oh, so I can do my photography and I learned the creative process around photos. I can now put those photos in my website and mm-hmm. then it links into the creative process of website building. Yeah. And then you might master that for two years yeah. or three years or one year, depending on what the person's time frame is. I'm sure this ties into peak as well. Yes, yes. Uh, 100%, 100%, 100% it would, it like, does. into periodization yes. and stuff because I can see patterns. But you just, ro- and you don't ever just disregard, you, you constantly build up these tools and steps and techniques that you can then apply. So, Photography helped me learn about video editing mm-hmm. and video editing helped me learn about like podcast stuff. So I can look at this thing that we're looking at now on the screen with the audio yeah. and start to learn the intricacies about recording a podcast. Okay. Um, so you, you're essentially you're not, not, you're not knowing why you're banking these skills, but you're, you find them interesting and you're banking you these bank skills. Them. And then a, you want to start a podcast and all of a sudden you're like, oh, hold on a second. I can I'm, do this because I can do I've this got I've these done. skills. Okay. And you just continuously build on it and, and hop. Yeah. Um, the thing that a lot of people look at is, is like, well, why don't you just stick to one thing? And it's like... Because, well, that's going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just because you, you kind of get what you want out of it and then you, you move on to the next thing. Yeah. Right? So it seems like you're craving skill, not necessarily a, a new job per se or a new career. You're craving the skill that the this job that you might find interesting... You definitely don't see yourself doing it for 10 or 15 years, but there's aspects of it that you're like, hold on a second, I really like that aspect of it. And you do it, you appreciate the art, and then once you've obtained the skill, it kind of fizzles. Yeah. Okay. It does. I, I, I don't feel engaged in that task anymore. Okay. And so then it's time essentially to move on. To move on, refresh. And for me personally, that yeah. process is about two years. Okay. After about, I, I pretty much... If I picked up something, and I feel like I'm talking about myself a lot here. Like, no, no, this, this is good. I, I genuinely want to... Okay. I, I want to know about it a little um, bit more, but I'm, I think there's people out there that probably see themselves as a... But they got the the traditional parents or the or the uh, the their head figures telling them, no, no, you got to do this. Yeah, you got to stick to that. And, stick to and I think there's a, I think there's value in people out there understanding and knowing that they don't have to stick to the no. one thing. And there's, there's ways... They obviously, they obviously got to do something so they can survive. They need a core job. And that whatnot. was going to be one of the things I probably um, but, think was uh, worth but it. But there's nothing wrong with obtaining new skills yeah. and doing a side hustle. Yeah. Because uh, it was a side hustle for you, but it almost became to a point where you're like... I think if you had persisted for another, maybe say another two years, you would have had to start to make the con- the decision the, either do I work or do I just transition to this, or at least go half half the way, go down to a part time yeah. role. And 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 do you, that was going to be my next question. Do you feel like 
once you started to fall, because you're an intelligent enough guy to, to understand that maybe in another two years' time, the way my bookings are with all these clients that I I'm would getting, have to be committed and I would not want to sustain that, which is why I probably, I wouldn't say self-sabotage because it's not self-sabotaging, yeah. but it's like even now in, in, my, in my line of work now, I start to ask my questions, you know, how far do I really want to take this particular type of career? Because as you work your way up in anything and you, your kind of skills get more, you know, better, yeah. your value goes up. Yeah. And then you kind of say, well, in order to sustain that value, I need to keep going, but do I really want to keep going? Okay. So in order to sustain that photography, I'd have to keep doing it Yeah. continuously. And I wouldn't want to do that because I wasn't engaged anymore, which mm -hmm. would make it hard for me to support my family income-wise because yeah. I wouldn't have been engaged. Okay. So again, I'm starting to again. I understand, again. I know the background story, but I'm going to ask the uh, the a question. Most people are probably listening. Uh, it sounds like a commitment thing as well. It almost sounds like looking forward, you're really doing well at this. Most people that perform in an artistry, they kind of get right into the fine groove of the details. Yeah. It may seem like you probably weren't eager into getting to the fine groove of the details because those fine groove of the details of photography isn't giving you that that thirst. That's for, not what I'm looking for. Yeah, it wasn't what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, no, I can't okay. niche down that Much. level of detail. Okay. I It's like, I understand ISO. I understand aperture. I understand depth of field, the different lenses. But if you start going into the details of like, okay, you open up Lightroom, you put a picture in there and you do your edits. You adjust your curves, your light curves, yeah. you increase brightness, put a vignette around it. You do your basic editing do, and you kind of up it. But then what happens is if you really want to get deep, you can start to use presets. You can start to create presets. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people niche down and then they just focus on just one aspect of photography editing, which is presets and then designing a preset and then having multiple layers. When you put a picture in, you click a button, it automatically does it. People can niche down, then they make presets, sell presets, and they are presets. But that wasn't your thing. That, I, I can't do that. Yeah. It's and, not, not my interest. And you foresee that something was potentially could go down that line and just started to disinterest. I, I just, I wouldn't even yeah. go down the line. I wouldn't yeah. even let myself go there. It's okay. not because I would let myself, I'm just not interested in going. Because photography detail. is not just obviously editing and stuff. You've got to, no. you've got to engage with your clients as 100%, well. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's funny, it kind of in a sense crosses over with the kind of line of work that I do in terms of, yeah, you're trying to provide a service for them, but you have to understand them as people, understand the kind of shots that they want. And then at the same time, not let them dictate where it's going because you're the professional. Yeah. Um, and you want, this is your, essentially your brand. So you don't yeah. want them to go, oh, look, I want this, you know, um, gothic look. And that might not be your style, but you might appreciate where they want to go with it. So yeah. you might, it's about you blending your ideas as a professional and what they want as, as best as, a as you can. Yeah, you do that. Did and you I find that that bit was challenging? Um, no, because I had also done recruitment, which was very sales driven with people and a lot of interaction <laughs> in the role. past, right? <laughs> so, and, and I had, because I had picked up skills from that yeah i was able to deploy sales experience into my conversations about directing people to certain types of packages or if they came and said i want you to do these photos this is what i'm looking for i go and explain that you know this is my kind of look this is my creative yeah process this is what i can offer you and you start to go into a sales thing and if it doesn't suit them you then you can kind of say look i'm not probably not the right photographer for you yeah. however i can recommend you to blah 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 mm -hmm. so there was a lot of sales thing but that's because i had picked up sales experience in a previous role do you know what i mean yeah yeah so kind of again you took the information yeah. out of that you and you brought it into what that's right you're doing that. um so yeah again i just had probably 
picked up some sales stuff from another okay. role that I could. So uh, well, let's rewind a little bit back to when you started your martial arts school. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I think if you go back and listen to, I think it was episode, the, the university degree episode, yeah. you kind of, you kind of touched on a bit on as to why you stopped yeah. doing that. But again, another, an, another business that you started, um, doing well, yep. uh, you were kind of in a, you would it be fair to say that you started it in an area of, uh, I guess, a low socioeconomic. It was would have been a challenging, you know, a challenging area. But to... it was clever of you to be in that area because, yep. you know, obviously you, your your program was very much about obviously self defense, but yep. it was an anti bullying type, yeah, uh, um, program as well, which is something that I really resonated with. I was like, oh, that's 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 pretty cool. Um, again, you did the same kind of things. You went hard. It all went really well. Yep. You were getting like students left, right, and center. It was all building. Yeah. And then it went down again. Yeah. So I want, again, I want to understand that pattern okay. as well. Okay. So. Because uh, this is for the, 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 so multi, the multi-potential like people yeah. want to understand. They see themselves. They might have been a plumber one day. And now yeah. They're, okay. They're, they're Fair enough. They so I'll try, I'll try and speak to those who are out there who might be like like me in that regard, I guess, and yeah let them know it's okay it's okay so i started martial arts when i was about 12 and that came from um you know i you know i grew up in primary school and then high school and i got bullied a bit you know yeah um so i and and i I, no one likes to be bullied no and to me i was like you know i had a friend in primary school that had done martial arts and i was like man you know he does these mad kicks and stuff and i really want to learn it so i ended up joining a martial art class um, and I was, I dived in, like everything was martial arts. Yeah. It, like I, I got a countless amount of books. Even to this day, I've got this fascination for it. I think it's very creative. It's an intrinsic part of who I am now. Um, but I, I joined a martial arts school, um, and that was all I did. I walked around the house, kicking, punching, doing patterns, yeah. um, techniques, you know, movies, everything. And then probably about a, f- a few years into that, I quickly learned that I probably want to run my own class, mm-hmm. uh, my own school one day. And then I was quite fortunate that the instructor at the time, he would often travel overseas. And then I was probably 16 or something at the time, maybe even younger, 15, 16. And then when he goes overseas, he's like, Yvonne, I want you to run the classes for me. So he'd give me the keys, yeah. he'd give me his, you know, student book and and basically the you money ran pouch his, ran his business for him and he's well. like run it these are the classes you know and run the classes so i'd go in there and unlock the doors and go in and run these classes and take all the cash and then at the end of it he's like all right here you go here's a little bit for you and yeah. i was like cool i you know it wasn't for the money i really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it yeah um it was just a bit of pocket money for a 15 16 year old kid yeah um, again i'm breaking down it was a passion it was so a the, passion the, the i enjoyed passion. it right Similar um, to the photography, at the start, you just wanted to understand the art and yeah. that's the passion aspect of that's it. That's right. So I love the, the whole thing. I love teaching people. I, you know, I, I felt I was all right at martial arts. Yeah. Um, and then... You're a good educator of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, that's how I saw it. Okay, yeah. And then... Because some are like martial art, they go and compete. I wouldn't... I, I had no interest in... I mean, I did compete. And some it, are coaches and some are athletes. Yeah. And, and you're probably a mix of both, but I'd probably say you were from, from a distance. It seemed like you were a better educator. I liked educator. the technical aspects of it. I liked creating some of the techniques. And I liked break it down. breaking it down, yeah. the systems, the processes, coming up with a new strategy. I didn't... I didn't enjoy... To me, the... Yes, I did compete, but I didn't want to compete always. That wasn't the direction I wanted to go. Yeah. I liked the more creative part of this, the piece. Anyway, so as I was probably around 20 years old, I was like, I had by that stage, I had written a lot of content around a system that I was starting to develop because I had trained in quite a few different martial arts at that point. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I had trained in like Hapkido and Kung Fu and 
um, taekwondo. like kickboxing, taekwondo, um, BJJ, like Jeet Kune Do, like a whole range of different types and, you know, for lack of a better word, styles, if you like. Um, and by that stage, I was kind of like going back to my normal martial arts class and using that as like the test ground. Yeah. I had gone out, learned all these different techniques, practice things, develop new things. I'd go back to the school and then I was in a Taekwondo class, but I wasn't a Taekwondo martial artist. Yeah. I was this... It, it felt like I was... You were a mix. I was a mix, right? Yeah. And I used to just try these different things out. And I was like, this is really, like, there's something here. Yeah. So I ended up putting together a base system, if you like. And then I was like, I want to start my own martial arts class now. Yeah. Um, and I, I went and did that and basically had my own system, if you like, at that point of things that I had put together over the years and things I developed. So I created my own martial art, opened my own school and taught my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I basically tailored it my way. No belts anymore for adults, no fixed patterns anymore for adults. And, you know, there's a whole technical aspect I could go down, but I won't. But, and the school went good. Like I picked up quite a few students. I had at one point probably a hundred members signed Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Um, I had three different locations um, and I enjoyed it. I saw, you know, kids coming in that were probably coming from, you know, challenging backgrounds that just needed somewhere yeah. to feel. That was the, that was the bit that I found that was clever. It wasn't, I was able to mentor people. Yeah. You went in an area where there was an abundance of like people ready for cash, yeah. but you were in an area where you knew people, the type of people needed your type yeah. of system, which was good. So I did that. And so when did you start to realize again, using the photography, um, mindset where you okay i've got this art i'm doing really well the business i've got people you started to foresee that 10 5 10 year mark i'm assuming yep. at what point did you start to realize i don't know if i want to do probably when this this, this like i've got the art aspect i've yep. got what i've you know wanted if i'm being it. honest at that point i probably got a little bit too comfortable i was very young i was 21 years old at the time mm-hmm. uh 21 22 mm-hmm. Um, I probably hadn't entered, and if I'm being honest now, I probably hadn't entered the real workforce, as people would say. Yes, I had. I was because you're still studying at the time. I was doing a PhD at the time. I worked as a pharmacy dispense technician. You went on like a full time PAYG. I was doing type a tutoring role. thing on the side. Yeah. I was running my martial art business. That's right, the tutoring as well. That was another one. I had one. been with my girlfriend, who's now my wife at the time, for a f- you know a few years. I was doing a lot. Yeah. Um. So maybe an element of burnout. And because I piled myself on, I'm like, if I'm going to run these martial art classes, I'm going to have to do it at night forever. Yeah. And that was the bit where you thought, okay. I don't know if I want to dedicate my nights forever. Like I want to have kids. How is this going to kind of fit in? And as soon as I let that seed go in, Mm -hmm. it just starts to break stuff down internally. I'm like, I don't know if I could do it. How am I going to fit it in? And then I kind of got a little bit complacent. So I let the business go down a little bit. And at that point I was like, do I... Am I vested enough to pick this up, or have I got what I want out of it? I wanted to start the business, yeah, but I don't know if I, I don't know, I wasn't in love with running the martial arts business side of things. You're craving, forever. you're craving the art again. It was the art part, okay. And I, so I got pattern, what I want yeah. out of it. I, I started a business. I ran the school the way I liked it. I knew I could build up a client base, so I did. I had a lot of students. I created the system. I did that. Um, so I got what I want out of it. And I was like. I don't know if I want to keep doing this forever. Okay. So, I, so I had to kind of bite the bullet and make the difficult decision. decision. And I just, which most people don't again, they, they, they think, don't. So I they think this is a trait that multi-potentialites have yep. that say someone like me, for example, who like, who's really big on refining the, the art of yep. what I do all right down to a T. Some people, because they've built something, 
they just they struggle to deconstruct it or just let it yeah. let it die because they've invested so much money yeah. money or time it doesn't really matter so it, i've noticed that there's three patterns here. there's the there's the craving yeah. of whatever it might be then there's the absorption yeah. of all the that the, the the art or the the job or whatever it might be that there is to to obtain the core and then there's the third and final phase well, not the th- the third and second last phase which is the re- the forward reflection yeah it's like eating you're hungry you eat and you and you content <laughs> yeah right but you, you got to f- eat again well using that analogy again. <laughs> using that analogy do you feel like most most multipotentialites are shopping hungry like you know the, everyone says you know, never go and do grocery shops when you're hungry yeah, because, because you end up got... going, taking in too many things. Because yep. I've also witnessed a few little things from you. It's kind of like, remember how you bought that violin? Yeah. Like, I still want to learn violin. You still want to learn violin. I, so just you, got, got a you just got... I think I need a tutor and yeah. I need to have someone to tutor me and I certainly wouldn't want to try... I don't ever have any intention of becoming a violin tutor yeah. or doing... But you want to learn uh, the art. I want to learn the art, art on the side for me personally behind closed doors. Yeah. I definitely don't want to be in front of this an is, orchestra. This is where I was getting at. So do you, do you feel like using the analogy of shopping whilst you're hungry, do you feel like that was a shopping whilst you're hungry mm. moment? Because you're still hungry for it. You like it. You obviously picked it up off the shelf. Potentially, but I've wanted to learn violin since I was in primary school. Okay. And I just never have. Okay. Do you feel like a multi-potentialites go more down the arts aspect? Like, do you, or, or is it, or do you feel like... I exp- think explanation of multi-potentialite is someone who has many, of, I think the wording she uses, many creative passions or pursuits. So the word creative is in there. So that's and I'm an finding art. I'm enjoying more creativity as I get older. Yeah, okay. And it probably really hit me after I started my blog in 2014. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, Yeah. Uh, to me, uh, to me, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you wouldn't see someone that starts starting off as maybe as an electrician all of a sudden decide to be a painter. They certainly can if you're. They certainly can if you're involved. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. All right. So the way it kind of, I mean, there's different models, and and she's got a book called How to Be Everything, and I highly recommend if someone kind of suspects that they might be like this, yeah, go and read the book How to Be Everything. This is what I was going to get to. Like, where right? can people source? You know, go and read her book. Yeah. So it really was. I mean, I always knew that. What's I What's it called again? Of, How to Be Everything. How to Be Everything by Emily by Emily Wapnick. Wapnick. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, go and read the book and. Um, it really put into context. So I knew a lot of the stuff. So reading the book, I knew what she was saying because I, I like resonated. to think I'm a little bit self-aware, but it certainly resonated and it was probably a way for me to get other people to um, understand. I can be like, look, it's not just me. You're not looking at me like it's. I'm not strange. I don't just chop and change just for the sake of chopping and changing. Um, there's actually there's a reason for this, and the yeah. book lays it out really well. Yeah. To, so I don't have to explain it to every single person. Like, and I ended up doing a blog post review. So now yeah. I can be like, someone's like, oh, I'm really interested in this. I'm like, well, I read a blog post about this. Go and have a read, and it kind <laughs> yeah. of explains it. But um, I think it's a good place and a good book to start with, because mm-hmm. um, one of the things that highlights is because a lot of people view it as why don't you just kind of stick to one thing and you're always changing yeah where's your stability like how how do you support what's your advice to those people that want that crave information but at the same time want stability out of it so this is how i do it and there's lots of different models you can do and if you go in the book you can you please can see please the different give models. Your, but your, so your for reason. example the way i kind of run things is i have a central core J-O-B job that yes. I do during the day. Something and I've that always pays, had pays the bills, in, provides the family, the bills, right? pays for everything. Um, and for me, it started off as a recruiter. So I was in recruitment. 
Um, then I went into back into science after doing my degree and I was doing like radio ph- pharmaceutical chemistry. Um, and then I kind of worked my way up into like a management leadership position where I now look after the quality side of the whole pharmaceutical manufacturing side of things. So that's my kind of my bread and butter support mm-hmm. and financially allows me to support my family, but it also allows me to chase down these creative passions mm-hmm. um, and sustain what I need to do in order to do that. Yeah. And the idea is that you build up these creative passions. They might be a business or just a creative passion mm-hmm. that either supplement financially what you're doing or um, eventually if you really want to and you really find something, it takes over and becomes your main core thing. And then yeah. you might split it down to having the new creative pursuit as the big core job mm-hmm. um, or if it's half that and half something else. There's lots of different models you can play. For me, for the most part, a main core job and I've got a lot of creative pursuits. Mm-hmm. So right now we've got this podcast. I've got, um, you know, I wouldn't even bother looking at my YouTube channel, but there's a YouTube <laughs> channel there and I'm yeah. trying to slowly in the background work my way into that just because it's something I can bolt on and it's a little bit of fun. But my blog is really core and central. I enjoy that. Um, you know, and then I'll do lots of hobby things on the side. Like I'm, I'm, I like astronomy and astrophysics. I've got yeah. a telescope, and I like doing that. And I, you know, pull that every now and then. And, and I, I, personally, I've always found that really impressive because, like, I, like I've only ever, ever had, you know, maybe one or two passions per yeah. se. Uh, growing up, I was always really, you know, into school. I was always very much into, you know, biology and PDHPE, human movement. Uh, maybe a little bit of English, but all ultimately all revolved around maybe soccer and some form of athletic performance. Yeah. And that's essentially what I'm doing doing now with athletic performance and rehabil- rehabilitation. And as as a non-multipotential, I've always looked at multipotential as like kind of, in a sense, um, envious in a way. It's like, oh man, I really wish I had that, sk- that not, not necessarily the skill, but the, the trigger to be able to want to break down. Yeah. Because obviously, like you said, Picking up a camera, there's red dots, but you really had to go and research and do yeah. a lot of, you know. Um, you deep dive very quick. You deep dive very quick. Once quickly. you pick up something where you're like, I like this, it, you're very funny. If you're a multi potentialite, everything else stops and, and you, you deep dive straight in. Straight in. Okay. And you, you absorb was, as much as you can. That's so, where for I was example, like if all of a sudden you pick up, like a, oh, I'm just picking an example, like a, a, a transistor like a transistor or electronic component or something and you're like this is really interesting and you're like oh i think i want to make circuit boards <laughs> then all of a sudden you deep dive in a circuit board making so you is look this, up is transistors capacitors circuit boards wire like you look at everything and that is what you do the, you yeah. get kits you practice you learn you you understand and then all of a sudden you're making all these cool things you deck your house out with everything and you're like I don't know if I want to keep doing this now. I'll learn everything I can about it. I've <laughs> yeah. got enough of what I want. You didn't learn everything about it. You learned what As you... much as you need, right? Okay. But for most people, I think... So it's everyone's what... needs... They'll differ. In... Some people will just want to skim it and okay. they'll be just, I just want to learn enough, the basics. Some people deep dive and if their personality and I guess intellect allows them to learn and master it, you yeah. can pretty much walk up to them and say, I need you to build me something and they will build you something where yeah. you're like, wow, that's really cool. Like, do you do this for a job? No, yeah. it's just a side thing. It's like, yeah. oh, and then you'll walk out of that room. You'll go and speak to someone else. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm having trouble with my website. And you're like, oh, I can fix that for you. Open up Notepad and you start coding HTML in the background. It's like, oh, JavaScript, this and that. And you start creating code. And it's like, you leave that person. Then you're on the bus and someone's like, oh, um, you know, I started learning, you know, how to play a new musical instrument. You're like, oh, yeah, I know how to learn how to play that. I know yeah. how to learn how to play violin. Now, yeah. the violin. And you walk out of that and, 
you find yourself having lots of conversations with lots of people. Do you feel like you, and you just know lots of different stuff? Yeah, okay, and so it's fun because you're feel, not bored. Do you feel that's like rewarding when? Yeah, it more. Do you feel it more rewarding for yourself, or do you feel like you you find it more rewarding when you're able to provide your multi skills to others? For me, it's rewarding because I like contributing. Okay, so I like being able to. Give so it doesn't come. It doesn't come from a. a, a a place of selfness, self selfishness. Oh, there's a little bit of that too. You can't. No, I mean, as in like, well, you, like you're obtaining this information because yeah. you want to be able to give with it as well. Um, or photography, primarily the martial arts. To start with, it's probably for myself to fulfill that creative need. And then you feel and like then you can when someone it needs it, I like to give it. Okay. Um, and and help others by showing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that certainly plays a role. Okay. So. Probably the, the 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 main question that I alluded to it before is the is the blurry line yeah. between am I someone that is a true multi potentialite, which I believe is what what you are, yeah, and then the person that's just, I guess, a quitter, yeah, someone that wants to do all those things, yeah, maybe they don't have the innate skills, but they want to maybe perceive as if they are doing those things. How yep. would you? differentiate the, the the two how would you go uh, this person's if... a, a true no but your your own definition not not yeah. emily so if i was definition. to explain that i think from somebody from the outside they would... can't really tell someone that they are or aren't it requires them to look internally and have so, but, but some being one but being one if, if you were to put on the spot and identify person a yes you are and person b no you are not yep. and these are the re like what is the for the me blurry personally line, the blurry line yeah. yeah so for me personally because i'm able to sustain my family life my career like financially and stuff like that mm-hmm. i'm not chopping and changing and putting everybody out with my creative tr- pursuits okay so if i was picking up one job uh and then left it and then picked up something else and in the process inconveniencing my family and then leaving that because i got bored or someone pissed me off at work and then i moved to another one and i'm like oh this is too tough my boss is pissing me off or i don't like the person team. i'm leaving and go to another job and then yep. you try that and you're like Nah, I'm traveling too far. Like, I don't really want to do it. And then you leave that and go to another one. That's not multi-potentialism. That's okay. get your shit together and <laughs> sort some shit out. Either take some responsibility or, yeah. you know, spend some time coming up with what you want to do or have lots of things to do, but deploy some self-awareness. So what would you say to those people that you just said, get your shit together, that are saying to you like, oh, but you're doing the same thing. You're going from this to that. To, to because it's this. Pr- because I don't think. How would you identify yourself different to those people? Um, it's a tough question. Like that's what I mean by you can't really. Well, you can. You're judge doing it. You're doing, doing others, now. right? Yeah, you ha- well, yeah. For me personally, it it's because every time I've made a step from one core job to the next, yeah. it's always been a step up. Yeah. Um, but removing the job aspect, going from the 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 like the different things that you like the the side hustles, for yep. example. Like, what's the what's that in the innate difference between that and then what the the people that you just called out and said they get your shit together? What they they're looking? She going well, you because you, they might not be pursuing like lots of creative creative things to fulfill themselves. I guess personally, it's more because they can't. Um, they can't. There's probably not. They're probably not getting their life together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's probably things in their life where things just aren't the way they are. They might not be able to. Um, they might, you know, their living situation might like, be stable as such because they haven't got something locked down to kind of support themselves. Maybe yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. Like, um, it might if it's impacting like 
it's, to be honest, that's a hard top. I don't know. I like, know. I'm trying I, I, I understand. I've never really thought that's about that. That's why I asked the question. Really that's why that. I asked the question. Because um, at times I've I've personally looked at it and be like, well, what is the difference between someone that's not getting their shit together and someone that's going in, like you said, they, they, they nosedive deep and they really get all that information. They've got yeah. everything. And some people might take two I, years. Some I, people might take six months and then all of a sudden they're onto something yeah. else. The outside perception might look at that as in like, oh, well, he doesn't have his yeah. shit Some together. people just have lots of hobbies, for example, and they like doing lots of things. Different but if things. they go, oh, I just like doing lots of stuff and they don't really, they don't really satiate the idea. It's like, oh, I like knitting um, and I like reading books. Um and then every now it's and a then diff- it's a big on, difference between being go and play sport. Hobby, hobbies and multi-potential like that. To me, a multi-potential like goes deep. It becomes a core aspect of who they are and who they define themselves and by. How they, and how they maybe provide for themselves and how their family. How they provide for themselves and others maybe. Okay. Um, and it, when they take on a creative pursuit, it really becomes, they kind of take it personally. It becomes a part of them. them. So whereas hobbies are Whereas a hobby, it's like, I do it because it's fun. You yeah, just, I like might, to, might just do it. You know, like play not, soccer on the weekends. Chasing, I play tennis on I Thursday play nights. Soccer. It's a good social activity. I just do it. Yeah, right. And you might do five or six different activities just because it's it's fun. Whereas a multi potential, like they are they are present. Yeah. They absorb what they're doing. It becomes a part of them. They define themselves in some aspects of that. Um, if you needed to go to that person and ask them, uh, can you have help in a specific portion of that? They'll probably be able to help you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll have some some skill. They'll have to a some skill in it, uh, and they'll be able to kind of capitalize on it, yeah. that if they wanted to. Maybe that could be a way of looking at it as well. Yeah. Um, what would um, your advice be for parents? Do you obviously, if they notice it, I know yeah. what you're going to say. If they notice it, you're going to encourage it, right? Hundred um, percent. So I knew. Don't I'm, ever stifle someone's creativity yeah, if you're a parent. Definitely. But my question is, would you in for the for the because of where the world is going yep. um in terms of just being able to do as many things as possible so you can have as many options as possible yeah would you encourage um obviously you are you either are or you aren't a multi-potentialite but yep. there are some aspects of multi-potentialitism yep. right would you encourage um parents to tell their kids to knuckle down or knuckle down and in, feed that multi-potentialitism or, or would it take by them giving, you know, adding 20% of their energy into being a multi-potentialite yep. or multi-potentialitism or should they just focus on what, so, what they're doing? It's a good question. So the way I look at this and then again, putting on my multi-potentialite hat and what I've been thinking about as soon as I learned about the idea, I was like, you know what there should be? And this lands your question. It, one day, because having a person who's got lots of different skills is actually, a, especially when they're highly skilled in lots of different areas. Yeah is an asset. Yeah. So if you put if you were in a company and you had a position called a multipotentialite and you recruited someone who was a multipotentialite, you are going to get a lot out of that person. Interesting. Because you can deploy them to almost any aspect of the company if they've got certain criteria within that multipotentialism that you like. Someone with operational experience, um, distribution experience, creative experience, IT experience, marketing experience someone who can build a brand if they you know they might understand the businesses they might be able to good at writing contracts they might be good at speaking to people they can pick up the phone and do phone calling they might be, and be might very be confident good at hr they, they might be good at dealing with tricky situations i yeah. feel like again not trying there to talk about myself but i can do lots of stuff like that yeah. and you can pretty much pick me up and deploy me into any part of a company and i feel like humbly blend. that i could do that do really well interesting 
there would be a good opportunity for a company to hire somebody like that because if they're on one task, they get given a project, they okay. fulfill it for a month or two, they move on to the next, you'll keep them stimulated. Okay. Some people would like that. Yeah. So that's the first portion of it. The second thing is if you're a parent and you notice that your kid may be into lots of different things. Definitely encourage it. Then encourage it. If they, if like my son right now, he, he and he loves, he's a mini He's year. a YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. He loves YouTube. And he's a mini can give his show a bit of a plug. Come on. He, he, he was, I, I watched his video last yeah, night. Yeah, so cool. go, go on, what, go and look up Day on the Kid on D- YouTube. D-E-J-A-N, the kid. The kid, K-I-D-D. Yeah. Um, Day on the Kid. And he, he loves, you know, the whole creative thing on YouTube and stuff. My job as a parent whether he wants to ride with this for a year, two years, five years, yeah. is to facilitate his ability to do that. Yeah. Unquestionable. Yeah. If he wants to record a video, let him record it. Don't stifle it. Yeah. If he wants to edit it, I'm letting him edit it his way. Yes, yeah. of course, I step in and be like, I don't think you should say that. You've mentioned this name. We're in the background talking about something, whatever. I kind of manage the, the safe aspects around him putting content out online. Yeah. But he'll make his own intro now. He'll make his own outros to the video. He'll edit them in iMovie. He'll export them. He'll go into YouTube. He'll load it. He's he'll eight, then put he's his own. Eight, by the way, he's eight years old. He'll go and write his own title. He'll write his own description, and he goes and presses launch. Yeah. And the other day it was funny because I looked at it and it was seven twenty something in the morning. He released the video, yeah. and then it was re-released at seven fifty. And I was like, "Why would you reload your video again?" And apparently he the outro had a wrong letter in it. So he recreated the outro, <laughs> re-added it, re-exported it, reloaded it to YouTube in like 30 minutes. I was like, you hustler. Like, you have got this. And it's my, and I went and I was like, good on you, man. Like, you did really good. Yeah. So I think as a parent, if he wants to ride that wave out for five years, my job as a parent is to, to facilitate that for him and encourage it. And then the next day, if he turns around and goes, Dad, I don't like YouTube anymore. I want to do something else. My job as a parent is not to judge him. Yeah. It's to go and support that. Okay. What about the other parents that their their children are very vocal from a very young age for for a long period of time? They might be interested in um, you know some form of you know mechanics, mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. some form of engineering. they just got that engineering background. They yep. they like constructing things, and whatever. Do you encourage that child to double down on those strengths, or do you take a little bit of piece of their piece of their energy pie and go, hey, how about you diverse your skills and do whatever it might be. If you think they're a multi-potentialite or in general? Just in general. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, as a, it depends on the kid. You've got to have self-awareness. Some kids don't want to do lots of things at the same time. But what I'm saying is like because you just said, you just said it before, I th- you think there's a, a, an opportunity for But work, that's if you're inherently already a multi-potentialite. But isn't that... You can't okay. force multi-potentialism on someone. Okay. All you right. either are or you aren't. But even if... Okay not, not, okay, not necessarily forcing them, but do you see value in maybe just them dividing their energy pie not if that's not who they are okay no because then they wouldn't be the person to fulfill that role because if you aren't a if you aren't a multi-potentialite and you try and be one yeah it's more just for me it's like training that muscle like getting that muscle to yeah because it it, to work you know it requires you to be able to shift and change very quick yeah and you've got to be able to juggle you know four or five different things like if i look on my nightstand i don't have one book on there there's five books yeah and they're they're all different they're all different yeah you know, one will be like commando about an army soldier. Another one's about multipotentialism. Another one's about astrophysics in space. Another one's about creative process. Um, there's lots of different books there. Yeah. But if you ask someone who isn't a multipotentialite, who doesn't like juggling things, their response will be, how can you read like four or five books at the same time? How, don't you get confused? Like, yeah. why don't you just open one and finish it? Why don't you just finish the book? Yeah. 
So you can't force someone into it if that's not who they are. Okay, interesting. So I was like, just I just thought to not necessarily to to wrap this wrap this aspect of it. So I just kind of looked up the the definition. Multipotentialite is a person who has many different interests and creative pursuits in life. Multipotentialites have no one true calling, the uh, the way specialists do. Being a multipotentialite is our destiny. We have many paths and we pursue all of them, either se- sequentially or simultaneously or both. Where's that from? That was just like a Google type okay. thing. That sounds like it's something from Emily's yeah. book, Potential. Um, so that's the, I wanted to kind of just like finish it on, on that because it's like, I think, I'm just trying to think whether I have had any other um, questions regarding that, but I think you covered a good portion portion of it. Yeah. Um, and... I think if anyone out there has like questions regarding that, let us know. Yeah, um, I think they I'm, should... I'm personally curious because I like again. I'm I've just been doing the same thing forever, and I really like it. And and I personally struggle to step outside my box because yeah. it's, it's it's an unsafe zone for me. So I'm definitely not a multi potentialite. Yeah. Um, but there's parts of me that's like, oh, I kind of wish I maybe trained that muscle. Which a is bit. fine though, because that works for it's the reason you, why I'm doing right? this podcast. Because yeah. I, um, so, which works for you, right? Yeah. So, I don't think there's any anything at all wrong with specialism. Yeah. Right? If someone is... We need specialists. We need someone who can stay dedicated to a specific task or a specific role for mm-hmm. a long time because yeah. we need them. Specialist surgeons are like that. Um, you know, if a person's... Doing Architects. Sp- Architects. Uh, that's what they engineers. do. We, we need yeah. people like that. You they definitely specialize and they definitely... Um, can can stick for that for a long time. Yeah. But I think at the same time, there's certainly a place for someone who is maybe considers themselves a multi-potentialite or renaissance or polymath or jack of all trades, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, if that's your way of feeling like you are contributing and you're fulfilling yourself, I think we have a place for those type of people out there. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things is that a lot of times multi-potentialites might feel... Um, oh, oh, I wouldn't say upset, but they find it's difficult because a lot of people look at may look at them in a certain way and judge them because they are always changing their mind. Something, yeah, right. And so I your think advice for to them a lot would of people, just, just blind that out. Is it's okay? Yeah, it's okay to have lots of pursuits and have lots of different things if you enjoy doing it. Do yeah, it. but don't listen to the noise. Don't like listen said, to the noise yeah. because you. Who says that niching down and having one specific focus is the right way? That's right. Who there says there, it? Isn't. there isn't? I've done well. I think I'm doing all right. Yeah, doing having lots of different creative pursuits. I'm always growing. I've got lots of different skill sets. I've tried out lots of different things. And if I keep going the way I am, I mean, I'm only 33. Yeah. If I keep going the way I am, by the time I'm 60, who knows what I'll, I'll be the how jack all of all the different life trades. things, right? There's a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. But at least it'll be a rich, fulfilling life at the end of it where I've tried and explored lots of different things. Yeah. And I think if you ride with that, have self-awareness, do you? Yeah. I think you're in a safe spot. All right. You've got Sweet. to kind of be yourself. Um. That's awesome. And if you find that you're a, if you're a specialist out there, kudos to you. We need you as well. There yeah. is no right or wrong. Um, and I don't know, have fun with it. Yeah. The whole idea of picking up something new, diving deep um, and learning about it, the, the, the benefits of it is someone who's a multi-potentialite will be able to pick up skills very quick because yeah. they've had to find themselves in that position before. They learn things very, very quick. Yeah. They can shuffle and shift between one project to another pretty seamlessly. Yeah. So if they've got one focus, they can move to another focus pretty quick. 
they'll be engaged in it and then they can switch to another thing. So if you need to be, if you want, if a multi-potentialite needs to shake things up, they yeah. can adapt yeah. very quick. They're very adaptable. Yeah. They can think laterally because they turn lots of different things. You can see lots of different things and how they all mix up and blend and connect. Yeah. Um, so there's, I guess there's lots of benefits to being a multi-potentialite. So if you are a multi-potentialite out there, take them as your superpower. Yeah. I think as Emily put it, like, um, it, that to, it, it certainly feels like it can be a superpower, and if you kind of be humble about it and be humility about it, take it as a, take it as a good, a good go, skill. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Okay. And I think <clears throat> the message for those people like myself to hone in on their um, their craft, whether they're a specialist or whatever it might be. I think personally, for me, um, especially with my line of work, being working with different people, um, you know, from like all different walks of life, different ages, different jobs. Uh, I find myself as not being a multi-potentialite to kind of cling to those who are multi-potentialites yeah. because I feel, I feel like there's a benefit in, in obtaining their information yeah. as well. And I think if you're out there and you want to start, doesn't matter how old you are, you want to start to trigger that muscle that you might, might not have triggered, I think it's important as if well. If you're to- suppressing it, yeah, if and you, you've suspected all along that this is what you not necessarily you suppressing are. it, but all of a sudden you want to do you want to evolve yeah. into not change careers, but just add different aspects to your you know to your armor. Yeah, uh, more tools in the toolbox. I think uh, aligning yourself with someone or spending a bit more time with them, whatever it might be, I think that helps as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I totally agree. You know, we we only get one life. Like, there's no there's no second chances here. No, if you want to explore something or try it don't wait you know just yes if, if we can quickly just cover how you fit a lot of this in because yeah. i think that's an aspect are you are you in a rush no no i'm, okay. good. I'm good i think we can spare a couple of minutes just to cover that because this is an important aspect is how do you fit doing all of that well, that's gonna be a question for some people it's they've got a family they're very busy how do, how, do you, how do you fit a lot of stuff in? That's one question. Especially if, they, especially if they want to do it. Especially if you want to do it. If they're craving it. Um, and there is no time. You don't have to dedicate. You might want to dedicate one hour to creative time. Mm-hmm. You might be able to do that. You might say mornings are my time, nights are my time. You've got to look at how it works for you, be a bit self-aware and how you can fit it in. Um, but f- for me personally, it means I often sleep a little less. Mm-hmm. So I work really well at night. So I often fit in a lot of all of this stuff when everyone's asleep. Yes. Or it's very late at night. The lights are dim. Wife's sleeping on the couch next to me after a movie. And I switch on and do my stuff. It has to be your time, not... That, not yeah, and if not, you start not, to impact not, other people's and boring, time... Borrowing, borrowing their time. Borrowing people's time, inconveniencing other people, you probably want to think about it there because then your your multi-potentialism might be impacting on other people. Um, you've got to kind of be a bit understanding of others because you are chopping and changing and a lot of people might feel unstable being with you being with you yeah is a big thing they're like how can i rely on this person when they're changing all the time yeah which is why for me personally my core job gives my family that security that don't worry i got this well, that's covering the big, that's the big thing people want to feel secure they want to feel secure and multi-potentialism to other people might feel insecure it's definitely. So, I would probably go and say that it's it, it's there's there's very minimal layers of security when someone's transitioning from different things. Different to things. So you have to, unless you're single, then it's your it's it's you and your own time. But if there are other if there are people that are dependent on you, especially yeah. a wife and kids or partners, whatever it yeah. might be, um, yeah. And I always have to think about that with yeah. every task that I do. Definitely. Um, so if you're going to fit some of this stuff in, you might be able to only fit in one or two things. Yeah. And for you, that might be the right way. You might only want to do one or two different things. Yeah. 
if you've got five or six different things you're working on at the same time, it's just a matter of kind of fitting those in and um, you know finding the time. Yeah. Um, and it might mean that you sleep a little less, you take advantage of your lunch breaks more. Um, it might utilize be your time better. Utilize your time a little bit better. You don't have too much And actually, downtime. her book talks about how you can do that. Yeah. It's actually a good book. Because there's techniques and skills. Yeah, it's okay. a really good book. Like, yeah. it doesn't just say oh, this is what a multi-potential idea is. It really breaks it down as how you can make it your 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 career, your job, how you can get paid from it if you don't want to, how you can fit it in. It gives you real-life examples of real multi-potentialites in history that you might not actually thought were multi-potentialites that were. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a good book. Okay. I recommend it. Cool. So, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Oh, look, with I, that I could probably keep talking forever because lots of things. You know, <laughs> I, I personally feel like bouncing I've... off in my mind. This could easily be a four-hour podcast for me. <laughs> look, I, I th- as I a think, massive. I think this topic in particular cro- crosses with our um, university uh, episode. The I think it might be episode two, yep. and also the periodization peak in periodization episode because they they definitely cross in terms of. You know, obviously what you want to do in life and how you implement your time, yeah. your energy. Um, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I think it kind of it boxes those um, those three topics together. And yeah. I feel like um, uh, that I've got, I, I kind of knew the information I, I, from what I had read and gathered, but you've kind of painted it um, a little bit more clearer for me. I think there's 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 very I think there's very clear patterns in a multi potential, and if yeah. you notice those patterns. What you're trying to say is, I think, just roll with it. But as long as it doesn't impact too much on other people's time. Yeah. And and, and if you if you suspect your partner is a multi-potentialite... <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, you know, be kind. <laughs> 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 um, I've got a lot of support from my wife. She, you know, she knows um, that I like to follow lots of different things. Yeah. At times, she's like, did you, did you just try something else? Like, you... And I got the violin. She's like, that was pretty funny though. I I wasn't taking a dig at it, but it was pretty funny. Like your sister, for example. Yeah. Not that she's not supportive, but she's like, kind of like me. She probably laughed and we're like, oh yeah, okay. How long is this last? She's again, a specialist in, (laughs) in management operations and protocols. Tash is a multi-potentialite. No, no, no. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) We we often have a joke and we call her MacGyver because she literally does a lot of random shit. Like there'll be times like people walk in and be like, oh, you guys, putting things together like an Ikea flat pack. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just helping. She's putting it together. Yeah. She, she's she's MacGyver. I call her MacGyver. If your computer breaks, she'll fix it. She'll fix it. If your dishwasher's breaking, she'll fix but it. In her if role. In you her need role, something designed for something, she'll, she can do that. Like, yeah. I think she's multi-potentialite. I want to say she's a closet multi-potentialite, yeah. but she has multi-potentialite skills but yeah. because she's a, uh, you know, an, uh, in, in a sense, an operations type manager. She manages people. She yeah. manages practices. She puts systems into place. Really, yeah. She does that really well. When she sees someone like yourself, she always often has a dig at you. She'll be like, <laughs> she'll be like, oh, look at this guy. You took like a photo of like a violin. I was like, oh, that's cool. And she was like, oh, Ivan, far out. <laughs> What's he going to do? Play with Andre Ryu now or something? No, <laughs> she- <laughs> no, 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 no. Although so, I did watch um, some... So if your partner has a dig at you and stuff like that, they're not like, you, they're, they're supporting you, but like... Don't take it to heart. <laughs> yeah, don't take it to heart. Be don't kind do- on a multi-potentialite if you if you know one. Um, yeah. All right, man. I think we should uh, comfortably uh, wrap that up. If anyone has any questions uh, with what um, Ivan has said, or if you associate uh, yourself with what Ivan has has said today, or if you've got any questions about, am I multi-potentialite? Am I not? Um, Please reach send out. them, reach out, send yeah. them through. I think we mentioned last time there's like, you know, like a send a video or an audio. I think that's also good. We'll play it through um, 
through the podcast, podcast and, yeah. and I think this is an episode that we're probably going to revisit a few times possibly i think think it'll have threads in a lot of what we talk about because of what it is exactly think of the name journey to wherever wherever. it's open to to anything yeah and i'm quite happy with that name because i'm like i'm talking i'm talking about batman today or (laughs) superman today exactly now i'm talking about making coffee and blending beans (laughs) now i'm going to be talking about coding now i'm going to be talking about maths now i'm going to be talking about cutting grass like, it's lots of things <laughs> that's exactly why it's the journey to forever so i uh, appreciate you guys uh if you're still tuning in and still listening thank you very much yeah. i hope you found value in uh what ivana said and uh, hopefully i've and I've, I've asked the question to those multi-potentialites for those who aren't yeah. multi-potentialites hopefully i've played the devil's advocate role well and thanks for letting me talk about myself that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing you do very well my friend <laughs> but um yeah so uh cool I hope All everybody right. enjoyed hope the show. Everyone enjoyed it. Make sure you uh, click, click subscribe. Um, go ahead and do it right now. <laughs> go right and click now, subscribe. Right now, especially um, in the Apple Podcast, as a review or, yeah. not, or a star rating review, whatever leave you have time review, for. Leave a rating. Reach out if there's anything else you want to know about. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being my co-host, Daniel. Thank you very have much. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Journey to Wherever. Peace. Peace out. Do you like that one? Yeah. That was good. I think a lot of people will resonate with that. I think I'm going to go and take up canvas painting now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, you're probably going to write a letter to GarageBand and be like, what the fuck? Get your shit together. (laughs) No. (laughs) Set up a support business around GarageBand. You probably would.